0: Audrey, a podcast listener, writes in to ask this, Pastor John, if our sins are already atoned for by the death of Christ, why is it necessary now for Jesus to currently make intercession for us in heaven as our advocate before the Father? I like that question.
1: I like it because um, we know that both of those are presented in the New Testament, and there's an effort on her part to try to bring them into some deeper harmony. And so every time I try to do that, I I see more of Christ. I love more of Christ. And so I I think the answer to that question is that Jesus Christ receives more glory because God does it this way, since that's the reason God does everything he does, so that Christ gets more glory. Um, In the long run, the glory of Christ will shine more fully, more brightly, more durably for having made a complete atonement once for all at the cross and for interceding for us. But let's, let's see if we can see in the New Testament how they're related. Um, there are three key passages on the intercession of Christ. First one is 1 John two one. I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, right now, with the Father in heaven, we have an advocate, Paracleton, Jesus Christ the righteous. The fact that he's called the righteous, our advocate is Jesus Christ the righteous, suggests that what Jesus achieved here on earth in his perfect obedience, his perfect fulfillment of the law, his perfect righteousness, is a necessity in an ongoing way in heaven. We, we always have a record like a criminal we failed in this life. That's against us. We sinned. When Christ died to cover these sins, one of the ways he did it was to become for us our righteousness so that in him we have a perfect record. But that means we need him to keep on being a perfect record for us now and forever. We, we never have a standing before God that's acceptable apart from the righteousness of Christ. doesn't matter the fact that we don't sin in heaven. We're not going to sin in heaven, but we sin on earth and we're the same person. we got a record, and God can't accept anything but perfection. Therefore, he provides the righteous one who stands always before him, and we, by faith, always in him, and therefore always acceptable because of Christ. Think of it this way. Just as in hell... There is an eternal consequence of suffering for a lifetime of sinning. So also in heaven, there's an eternal consequence of needing for our record to always be covered. That is what Christ, the righteous one, does for us. We were saved by being united to Christ so that his righteousness counts for ours, and it must count for ours forever and therefore, he is our living, eternal righteousness in heaven now and forever. And in that sense, our advocate. He, he ever lives to be what he became for us on the earth, namely righteous. That's the first text. Here's the second one, Romans eight thirty Who is to condemn? Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So notice the sequence. No one can condemn us because Christ died, second was raised, third is interceding. The implication is that what he achieved in his death for us, he now pleads or applies for us in his life for us in heaven. And I think one way to think about it is that Christ's life in heaven today is the ever-present proof that his death was successful. If if God had not raised Jesus from the dead, Paul says we'd be still in our sins. So that he lives means that his death was effective in covering our sins. And so his living presence in heaven, by its very nature, is his intercession. His life is essential for his death to count. And so his life is an essential part of our present and eternal forgiveness and acceptance. Here's the last one, Uh, Hebrews 7, 23 to 27. This is the most explicit one of all, probably the most helpful one of all, uh, if she studied it in context. I think it would make all kinds of lights go on. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever, consequently. That's a key word, verse 25 of Hebrews 7. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Verse 27, he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, since he did this once for all, when he offered up himself, so isn't it interesting that the once for allness of the offering is underlined and that's one thing she loves and is concerned about once for all he offered himself up, and that's the reason why he he always living can make intercession so I think it's the same thing as we said for Romans eight that christ 's life. In heaven today, unlike the priests of old, never ends, and therefore he has taken into heaven one offering made once for all, and in himself, standing before God as the Lamb that was slain, is therefore worthy of all praise, because that um, slaughter of that Lamb is embodied in the presence of Christ in heaven forever. So I I think we we could, I suppose, ponder the possibility of God saving us another way besides a once-for-all finished sacrifice, which then is embodied, as it were, in the slain Lamb in heaven, which becomes our advocate and our intercessor. But the fact that he did it this way, I think, will get more glory to him for what he did in the past, what he's doing now, and what he'll do forever.
0: That is profound truth. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you, Audrey, for your very perceptive question. If you would like to ask a question of your own, please email it into us at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. Please keep it brief and to the point. Not every question gets answered by Pastor John, but every question does get read by me. And to some degree, every question you send helps inform the future of this podcast. So thank you for your input and your engagement. We'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. Until then, check out desiringgod.org to find thousands of books, sermons, articles, and blog posts from John Piper, all free of charge to you. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. See you tomorrow.